Hello, and this is French. Once again, you are welcome to this platform, and it's always a pleasure to be in your space, to have you with us, and to make this record. It's always an exciting time, and as I had said in the last episode, and just for reputation, I said this podcast is mainly for my own digestion it's it is to bring myself to the remembrance of some of the things that i am meditating about some of the things that i am thinking about and it's actually you know a couple of many other reasons to share with the body of christ and I would just bring you again to you know a recall what exactly this platform is all about you know fringe is like the extreme you know it's not just you're not just in the middle you're going way past what is known that is called fringe you know you hear fringe sciences and all of those but exactly what's the essence of this podcast It's a platform where believers connect to learn and to grow by the knowledge of Christ and of the knowledge of Christ, I should say, looking into the perfect will of the Father in the face and in the person of Jesus Christ. To pray for the sick and for the broken, for the destitute, and to build the complete person into the fullness of all that Christ through his blood have done and fulfilled for mankind via his death, his beautiful resurrection, and ultimately his sitting at the right hand of the Father for you and for me. This is strange. And so just a few recap. In the last few weeks, we've been looking at righteousness and what righteousness really entailed. And we came to the end of it about a week ago and now we're about starting a new series i'm excited i'm uh, it's exciting and i'm sure you could feel my excitement already and it's going to be on the subject of love and the question that i would ask to start this new series is what is love and We live in a world, we live in a time where there's so many definitions of love, right? We have a concept of how it is defined by the present language, English, which of course similar to English as the universal language on planet Earth. You know, it, it, it's it's difficult to express exactly, you know, what you understand by love. You could just say, I love this apple. I love this car. I love this house. I love this girl. I love my mom. And it's all the same word you have used to associate, you know, an appraisal appreciation to different circumstances and to different relationships and to different objects now but if you look at the, the the greek meaning right of the word 
love it is well separated you have what is known as the filio you know and they could actually just say it and you know it won't be love right it's almost akin to saying i like right but it's almost as good as saying i feel you which is a brotherly kind of love right we have words such as philadelphia which came out of that you know a filial love you have storge you have eros and you have agape those are still you know synonyms or still same word that can be used for love and is kind of separated into its different attributes as just using the greek but we're not speaking greek no more the world is not made of you know that civilization has eroded into here and where we are today and therefore it seems as though the definition is you know redefined to mean several other you know things that I believe that many people still ask this question what is love okay and we wouldn't be looking at what the world define as love we would be exploring to see what exactly is this emotion sometimes is this affirmation sometimes is this attribution you know sometimes love what is love so with all that said you know i'm excited to start the series and to to learn as well on the subject of love one of the things that i get to do many times is you know while i'm thinking about what we're trying to discuss about you know i learn in the process you know and this is a result of my thoughts prior before making this recording okay and so i'll start it this way okay when we think about god and then we think about jesus we have two kinds of thoughts you know i'm sure you could easily find yourself in either of this side okay we think like god is the judge of the universe right and we perceive god as harsh as quick to judge and we think about jesus and we think about him as a peaceful loving man a peaceful loving god man i should say and then the question that i want to ask as why do we think like this why do we see god and our imaginary is akin to a white bearded man you know who is harsh and who wants to just you know dole out judgment quick answer because of the old covenant because of people's own perception of god's dealing from the old testament Yes, you know, even in the Old Testament there are diverse expression of God towards humanity. Don't worry, we're not deviating, we're coming back to the question of what is love. 
but I'm starting it from this angle, okay? And so, in the Old Testament, we see God as fiery and fierce. But let's ask the question again. Was it against man or was it for man? Those judgments that we saw were there against man or were there for man? We'll go to the Garden of Eden, Genesis, right? I believe that some of you might be uh, 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 be accustomed, you know, to the Bible. And even if I'm not opening the Bible verses, for now, you can easily find this scenarios I'm talking about. Okay, I will point you to those, and um, we would open the Bible shortly. But to the core verses that we intend to use, right? And so, in Genesis, the first interaction of man and God was with Adam and then Adam had sinned and then Adam had fallen short of the glory was a picture of God there hard and was it harsh and was it against man so it seemed right so it seemed but look at the picture again and God said to man have you eaten of the fruit I said you should not eat and then man said look the woman you gave to me has given me and I have eaten and then of course the, the, the discussion went forth and God said okay because you have done this cost is the ground for your sake cost he says a woman you bear seed and in pains you will bring for children the serpent you will crawl on your stomach the ground is cost for your sake was there a curse on Adam? No. But there was a curse on the earth as a result of what man did. Now, in a sense, you could say, yeah, but God was still hard by placing a curse on the earth, making it difficult for the, for the man, Adam. But was God really against man or in protection of man? whom he had been enjoying fellowship with you see and so you know one of some of the things that I, that I believe that the cause of this discourse this discussion we'll be doing will be channeling our attention to the heart of the father as a loving god but gradually i just jumped the gun by saying that okay and so in a sense Yes, he was hard. In a sense, it wasn't a judgment entirely against man, punishing man. No. But the ground was cursed for him. And so again, we see Noah and then the world was being wiped out, wiped out clean. But before then, God had said, Noah found grace in the sight of God. Now, there are translations that have said that Noah was the only remaining family that had a pure stock of man else the world had polluted itself you know because bible previously said the daughters of the angels fallen angels you know they saw the daughters of men and then they came unto them and the seed was polluted so was that judgment wiping out the people that did not have the stock the DNA of man 
was that against man or was it for man or pointing out the heart of god okay but in either case all that we've learned in the past you know was the fact that the moment you think about god all that you see is this hard judgment every time against humanity and i believe it's actually you know not god ordained i i believe it's actually not ordered by god it's actually a perversion of of thoughts it's actually wickedness of thoughts and so why do people see god as so quick answer the old testament and the dealings of god with man and with sin right so in a sense it wasn't exactly against man right he wiped out every creation except the human you know real stock it wasn't exactly against man he, he could have made adam just you know disappear no but he still wanted adam to come of course i've always believed that you know it wasn't god wasn't surprised that it happened like that he was like now this game has started now the man will become like us of course and that's what god said in genesis he said no seeing that this man has become like one of us but i believe adam did not even know what he had become <laughs> and that becoming of one of us was the fact that it wasn't just as though of course adam's life was cut short but I believe it was look he God was looking at the present and saying this man has become like one of us. And everything that had happened in the Old Testament which had brought people to think that God is a hard God, God is a judgmental God, God is a wicked father has brought us to this place. And so the next question why is knowing about the love of god why is it even important now but i feel i haven't done good judgment on the previous okay so if you look at it carefully all that the old testament was all about was not exactly that god was against man no if the dealings again before the law came man was doing all that they were doing and someone was like oh yeah but god punished pharaoh and killed him just because of israel well he said i raised him up to show my glory that's what is said in the scriptures <laughs> and then israel was to be the one to save the world you see the design was there the heart of god was always there if you look closely you see all that was happening was the desire and the plan to save humanity right that's all that you can see there and then israel became a people and then israel became a nation and then israel proceeded and then christ was born and all of those all of those all of those and of course when israel was going back again israel was in the garden and god was like wait these people don't even realize why I'm even coming to save them, right? Because if they approach unto me, they will just die. Not because I'm trying to kill them, but because of this is where they've stepped down to. 
but I want to bring them up to where I am. I, can you see the heart of the Father? It's not judgment and anger. It's underneath. Look underneath. He says, no. They should understand why they can't come closer. And then by by ourselves, I'm saying ourselves, putting myself in the place of Israel, they're like, all that you tell us we can do. A boast. If you did not think that it was a boast, there are several scriptures that validate that point. We'll say it next to, I'll, I'll elaborate on that next time. And then God said, okay, good. Game plan, get going. And he gave the law. The law was not made to bring man to justification. No, the law was made to bring man to the end of himself. And he said, look at that. I'm trying to take care of the sin principle. There's a nature called sin I am trying to address. That is why you can't come closer. That's why the law was there. And of course, God was trying to deal with man according as the law which he had just introduced. And every time there's a four part, every time there's a fallen shot, he was dealt with according to the law that he, man, had agreed to enter into. You can see the heart of God in several instances with Abraham, who was not under the law. You can see how he operated with with with, with David, who was even under the law, and who in an in a seeming act of looking into the heart of God could actually come out of it of the law. But again, he was pulled in into the law <laughs> because of the time that he was in. At Jacob, at Joseph. Okay? So, now going back to this question, why is knowing about the love of God important? So, you see, going back again to Batras Little, all of this was a pointer to the heart of God. And the heart of God is the love of God for man for humanity that is what you can see in all of these instances in the garden that was the love of god the saving of noah that was the love of god the calling of abraham that's the love of god projecting into the future a people right then israel as a people growing that was the love of god preparing the path to the salvation of humanity then even when man gave himself up to the law that was the love of god to showcase to man that look this is why i am coming (laughs) that you cannot you cannot measure by yourself and therefore knowing about the love of god right enforces our stand and establishes our knowledge about being the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That is why this subject, what is love, is so important. It enforces our standing. It establishes our knowledge, which is again our standing. 
about being the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I want you to go look, if you haven't heard about the righteousness episode, go listen to it again and end all the previous episodes. That's why this is important. And that is why it, 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 we cannot look at it, you know, flippantly. We have to know, right? What is love? What, but what exactly is this love? How do you know the love of God? And then how does it therefore enforces your standing? How does it establishes your righteousness? You know, then I, I said, I wrote something down quickly. I was like, why should I even know about being the righteousness of God? What is the benefit of that to me? You know, again, the previous episodes. But again, I'll, I'll quickly say this. Everything that we enjoy right now, being the righteousness of God is a pointer to the heart of God. It tells us exactly how we are loved. <laughs> you know, I, I'll say this quickly. I'll say this quickly. As a result of, you know, man's faux pas, man's failing, right? Man trying to be himself, to attain by himself. Three things, three things came as a result of that. I call them death, like being dirty. Death. Death. Dying. And then darkness. So, look at this again. And it, it seems as though death, being dirty, spreads easily. You touch the floor and you feel like you can't even touch your clothes anymore. You know, you, you, you touch a, do, a, a dirty doorknob, right? Or, or a dirty railing. And then you feel as if you could soil every other thing with it. And it, it just seems as though death spreads easily. You know, and death, you know, that being dirty with germs and whatever leads to death. Dying. And it seems as though everything just dies. And that's a perpetual outcome of everything and then when everything dies it leads to darkness 3d death being dirty leading to death bringing forth darkness right but no that is not the case right from what we've discussed about you know, in the previous episode about righteousness. You see, this is why this is so important. You have to listen to that. That's not the case. All that Jesus has done, you know, I couldn't just take my mind off this and not, you know, not think about it. John 10.10 10. The devil comes to steal, to kill and to destroy. But I have come to give you life and to give it to you more in abundance. You see, I'll quickly run through a couple of scriptures. When Jesus touched the leper, he did not become leprous. He did not become unclean. <laughs> I've come to give you life. 
and to give you life more abundantly. He says, he touched the one with the blind one and he says, I am the light of the world. In Revelation, he says, that city needed no light. He says, there's no need for the sun. He says, because the glory of God illuminates that city. And then in Revelation again, he said, death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. When he talks about the last judgment. And again, so you, you, you see, for death, he is the life of the world. He's the he's the Zoe of God. He's the life of God. He's the life in place of death. And in darkness, he's the light of the world. Therefore, Jesus said something, he said, He that believes on me, though he he said, though he dies, he will live again. If he's not dead, he shall never die. <laughs> when he was talking to, to, to Martha and Mary, just at the turn of the death of their brother. And so this death being dirty, this leading to death, dying and bringing forth darkness has been replaced with this way life of God. With the light and the life that is in the light of Jesus and bringing forth life eternally in Christ. You know, I've been thinking about this and I, I, I couldn't just shake it off in my mind. I was sitting somewhere and this just hit my spirits. I was like, wow, you know, death. Now we have been clean for darkness. Now we have light for death. We have life. Now see this see this carefully see this and so we think that death death and darkness are pressing on everything that we touch and you know you know foiling and soiling everything that we touch but that's not the case no 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 this is the way life is the one pressing harder <laughs> and this is the picture i saw in a glance in the spirit of me in my inner man I don't touch the doorknob and expect that the germs fly on me. No, because Jesus did not touch the leper and become leprous. I am the body of Christ. Death do not reign in me. In me is life. So when people come in contact with me, I expect that they are illuminated with light. When I speak, my words are flooded with life. I give life darkness i do not is that he that is in me does not is does not dwell in darkness those are the words of jesus and so the consciousness of righteousness actually enforces our cleanness our clearly our, our righteousness which therefore erodes death it brings forth the light, the blinding light that made Paul fall off his high horse. And, and then we are illuminated with the life of God. This is why, this is what righteousness enforces in us. We do not live conscious of always 
trying to contract death. No, we do not live as though in a constant darkness. No, we do not live to die. No. We are children of light. And so this is why it is important to know who we are, where we are, seated with Christ, in Christ. This is why, you know, I, I called it, you know, 3L, life, the love of God, the life of God, the light in the light of God. <laughs> and so, back again to the love of God. The question, it beggars me to say this question. What is love? Why are we even looking at the love of God? I mean, not the love of God, rather, but why are we looking at the subject? What is love? And how does all of what I've just said in almost 30 minutes now connect to what is love? Then I'll read our first scripture quickly, you know, in the book of First John chapter 4. And we'll look at, we'll read from verse 7 to 10. First John chapter 4 verse 7 to 10 it's going to be a long read so please enjoy with me okay beloved let us love one another for god is for love is from god and whoever loves has been born of god and knows god anyone who does not love does not know god because god is love in this the love of god was made manifest amongst us that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him in in this is love not that we have loved God but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins beloved if God so loved us we also ought to love one another no one has ever seen God if we love one another, God abides in us, and His love is perfected in us. I just stopped at verse 12, okay? Now, our anchor verse is verse 10. In this is love, not that we love God, but that He loved us. What is love? This is the answer. Not that we love God, but that He loved us. What is love? Not that we love God, but that He loved us. I will quickly rush through and then come to the end of the section for today. It is not in man to love. We do not have such capability. We do not have such ability. <laughs> you see? And even from the scripture we've read, from what I've painted about the heart of God, you know, the intent of God, you could see all that God was doing was because of his heart of love. For this, you see, think about this. Every time it comes to your mind, God was a first lover and he sent his son to die 
he was making an arrangement for Jesus to come. For this is love. Not that we love God. No. But that he loved us. I said, I just made a statement. It's not in us to love. We humans, we do not have the capability to love. All that we're doing, all our striving, all our arrangements, you know, has a, it, it's on a, a level of a selfishness. And then all that God had been doing is to love us to bring us to himself to bring us to where he is not that we loved God but that he loved us this is where we'll be closing for today and in the in the next episode we'll be seeing so ex- what exactly how exactly did God love us how exactly did God demonstrate his love for us and in the next episode be taking off from this scripture again you know it seems as though you know usually people read the scriptures first and then you know elaborate on the points but rather we spoke extensively and then read the scripture so how does this demonstrate love how does this act of god demonstrate love how does it even show what love is How does it even bring a definition to what love is? And so friends, not that we love God, but that he loved us. And we will be looking at all that love is, how love was demonstrated in coming episodes. So stay tuned, stay with us, make it a point of contact listen to all that we are saying releasing again to the previous podcast and please leave your questions please ask your question make contact with us we are excited to be in touch with you to answer your question and to be in fellowship with you once again you are welcome and remember god loves you from now and for always until next time God loves you.